Happy Tales. Yes. Happy Tales Ooh. with Aaron Allen. Oh, you're registering Dragon Tales? Mm-hmm. I heard it. Happy Tales, Happy Tales. It's almost time for Happy Tales. Definitely was not a ripoff out of anything. T T M T M T M. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> we made that up all on our own. Aaron, mm -hmm. it's your turn. So it that is. means episode 94, folks. Mm -hmm. That's where we're at. Yes. This is not a happy tale. No, of course it's not. Of it's course very, not. It's a very interesting one. And this is actually one that um, Zach has been recommending me to do oh. for a long time. And I haven't been able to do it because there's just so much okay. that happens. Okay. Tell me well, everything. Yes. Yeah, so there's a Netflix like docu-series. At first I was like, oh, it's like just a documentary, like an hour, hour and a half. No, there's like three hour long episodes about this. And then I read um, on the uh, like Boston Globe, did like a six part article series. It was so good. So oh. I would recommend um, actually reading the article series first because okay. the Netflix docu-series is all the fuck over the place. Okay. Like I'm oh. fine with it because I understand the pieces, but it like, here's his childhood. Here's this. Now we're at college. Now we're back to the trial. And I'm like, holy moly. Okay. Yes. So if you want to know the actual like facts of it and not the drama of it, maybe read it first. I mean, there's still a lot of drama. Yeah, in yeah, it. yeah. Uh, but yes, there's more of a uh, timeline and a flow to the article than the Netflix series. But okay. everyone's on their toes, I'm sure. I am covering the case of Aaron Hernandez. Aaron <gasps> Hernandez. The you... foosball player. Foosball. Isn't he? Football. <laughs> That's what I meant. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, for the devil, Bobby. Anyone else out there listening to Waterboy? Oh, boy. But Adam, like, Adam Sandler, oh. early thousands, late 90s. I mean, I know his prime. I know them. Foosballs for the devil, Bobby. Yeah. You. Oh, it's a sinister Probably. sunrise, by the oh, way. Yes. Hello, uh -huh. I am not the devil, Bobby. I am Sarah. I'm Aaron. I'm Morgan. Yes. And it is Aaron Solo Sewed today. Yeah. Say it again. What are we covering today? Uh, the case of Aaron Hernandez. It sounds like probably... a baseball player. No. But it's a football player. Okay. This, yes. You have probably heard of it. I've heard of like the most minute details. Okay. And yeah, it's really long. So I'm glad I could do this story finally yes. with this new format. So let's just dive. Oh my God. Right I'm already in. scared. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, for everyone, just for like a visual of what's happening right now. Um, we are all together. We may or may not have recorded a couple episodes today. We're getting back into the swing of things. And um, we're in Aaron's basement. It is a nice, like, sunny but winter's Sunday morning. We are all cuddled up. We have our drinks. And I am just – I knew Aaron was going to be last, and I'm, like, still, like, trying to prepare. So, okay. Just wanted to clear that up. And she's giving very mischievous looks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. as always. But Yeah. Oh, they're just – it's crazy. There's okay. so much. That's why I was like, oh my gosh, another page, another page. It's almost like 10 full pages long. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Not really, yes. but okay. <laughs> All right. And if you have Case any questions, ball. there are quite a few names, so do not hesitate to ask. Okay. I'm okay. going to make probably a you. lot of facial expressions. So. That's okay. Like, Get out like the tax and the streak. I wish okay. I had like a board. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Same. All right. Okay. Aaron Hernandez was born on November 6, 1989, to Dennis Hernandez and Terry Valentine Hernandez. He and his older brother, Dennis Jonathan Jr., who went by DJ, had a pretty chaotic upbringing in their Bristol, Connecticut home. In 1991, just two years after Hernandez was born, Dennis and Terry divorced, but then five years later, they reconciled and remarried. 
Their parents would constantly fight, and many times those fights became physical, especially when Dennis was drunk. In a book DJ wrote titled The Truth About Aaron, My Journey to Understand My Brother, he recalled a night when his dad came home really late. Dennis was noticeably intoxicated, and Terry hit him with a phone. The boys watched as their dad grabbed their mom and threw her head against the sink over and over until she lost consciousness. Oh, my God. Yes. Terry would throw Dennis out of the house on multiple occasions, but she always ended up letting him back in. Mm. Vicious cycle. Yes. 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 So chaotic overall. Mm -hmm. Dennis was a first-generation immigrant from Puerto Rico who had made a name for himself in the Bristol community. He had gotten in trouble with the law several times as a kid, but in his teenage years, he seemed to have matured after discovering his love of football. Dennis became a star player at Bristol Central High School, earning him the nickname The King, and his skill didn't go unnoticed. He was awarded a football scholarship for the University of Connecticut. During his junior year of college, Dennis was questioned regarding the murder of a Plainville, Connecticut officer that had been killed during a home burglary. The Globe reported that while Dennis was not involved in the murder, he had helped the burglars escape police custody, one of them being a Yukon and Bristol Central teammate of his. Oh my god. Yeah. Whoa. After that incident, Dennis's football career came to an end and poor grades led to him dropping out of Yukon. After marrying Terry and starting a family, Dennis would get arrested for attempting to purchase cocaine from an undercover cop, and Terry would later be arrested for her involvement in an illegal sports gambling ring. Oh, no. Whoa. Damn. (laughs) Whoa. Yes. Dennis expected his sons to follow in his footsteps and play football at Bristol Central and afterwards his alma mater. He coached DJ and Hernandez at a young age, and he took his anger out on them if he thought they weren't doing well enough at school and at sports. Of course. The boys were obviously terrified of their father and the constant beatings they received. In an interview, DJ recalled when he tried to call for help after one of his father's beatings, quote, I picked up the phone once to call to seek help. And his response was, so Dennis's, call them. And he handed me the phone and he said, I'm going to beat you even harder, you and your brother, and they're going to have to pull me off of you when they knock down the door, end <gasps> quote. Oh my God. So From that's an authority figure in your home. Yes. That gave me, that gave me goosebumps. Yeah. That's like, that's like serial killer shit Mm -hmm. that's like what you say to like when you kidnap someone Mm -hmm. yeah like i'm not even in that situation and i'm like terrified terrified yes right now so i can't imagine how terrified they were in that situation yeah like you think it's bad now it can always get worse don't Mm -hmm. forget Mm -hmm. oh that's so scary very Mm -mm. scary i don't want Mm -mm. no 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 It seems that the Bristol community as a whole didn't realize what was truly going on behind closed doors, or they just looked the other way since the king was thought so highly of. But there were times people besides the Hernandez family experienced Dennis's anger firsthand. When Hernandez was eight years old, Dennis got into a heated argument with his youth tackle football coach. Dennis was angry about the decisions the coach had been making, and before walking off, Dennis punched him across the face, (gasps) shattering the guy's glasses in the process. No, honestly, sometimes more rude than like just beating someone up. Like glasses are fucking expensive. I'm sorry, I was just thinking about that this morning. Like, (laughs) well, thanks for they are very expensive. They're very expensive, and things who are also like now I can't fucking see, and I have to go pay for like. It's like when girls like slash people's tires. Like that's just like. Sorry, I know. I'm sorry. That's where my brain goes. Petty. Yes. Well, because there's also the financial burden, not just the pain. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like a two. It's a twofer. Like, wow. A twofer. Thank you. Yeah. You smash them into my face. So my face hurts. I need new glasses. I have to take time out of my day now to go get new glasses because you can't control your temper. Yeah. Sweet. Yes. And now I have shards of glass in my face yeah. as well. Cool, cool, cool. Yes, most likely. Wow. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, no charges were filed against Dennis, but he was apparently taken to small claims court where he was told to pay for the glasses. The coach never did get that money, though. I'm shocked. He seems like a real stand-up guy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wild. (laughs) There was also a time when Hernandez was in high school and his football coach noticed he had a black eye. The night before, Hernandez had attended the senior dance and had gotten kicked out for being drunk. The coach knew of Dennis's disciplinary and parenting and assumed that's how Hernandez got the black eye. He, I mean, he obviously couldn't have been the only staff member to have noticed it, but no one, I guess, decided to bring it to the principal's attention or anyone's attention, I guess. Cool. It's a really sticky situation, though, because I don't know. Like, is is he going to deny it? Is it going to make it worse? Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't work in a school system, but I can imagine you have to think twice. Like, yeah, know, you're a is it going to help? Reporter. That's all I have to say. That is also true. You are a mandated reporter, so oh. technically you're supposed to at least, um, like, make. document it. Yes. You're yeah. supposed to make a point of documenting it. Now, there is a lot of documentation that goes into those situations, gotcha. so a lot of times it's not just like a one and done type thing if that makes sense Aaron works for a school guys so this makes sense yeah Yeah. also it's like I mean I know they always say like see something say something but like especially when it's like like you like legally you have to like if 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 you're a teacher and your kid comes in with a black eye you have to report it I mean well then good it's not personal yeah so they can get in trouble too like if another teacher saw it the next day and it's like why is no one reported this yet yeah gotcha and maybe maybe they did and nothing did come of it I'm not sure but Yeah. yeah It didn't go unnoticed, let's say. Um, DJ graduated from Bristol High and earned himself a spot on UConn's football team as their quarterback. Hernandez seemed to be following suit. At the age of 14, he attended a UConn football camp and was offered a scholarship on the spot. Oh, wow. Yes. He was standing at six foot two by the time he entered high school and all of his training and hard work had paid off. Holy shit, that's a big kid. Yes, he's huge. At Bristol Central, his athletic prowess earned him spots on um, not only the football team, but also the basketball and track and field teams. He broke state football records, catching 67 passes and running 1,807 total yards his junior year, and he was a U.S. Army All-American player. Wow. Okay. Damn. <laughs> and, I, Aaron, me. I'm so sorry, you may have said this. What year was it? This was around because he was sixteen. Yeah, say born in eighty eight. It was around two thousand, like four, two thousand five. Okay, I'm sure I like to think of like where was I during this time? <laughs> yes, I was in fourth grade, <laughs> not doing any of those things. Yeah, Correct. not at all. <laughs> Just getting my glasses and learning how to how to handle that. Let alone not mm-hmm. getting you know punched in the face with them. So fourth grade was one of the first times I remember getting in trouble for talking. I had to get moved. <laughs> Sarah, you. I was comparing pencils with this kid next to me. I was like, your pencils suck. Look at my glitter pencils. <laughs> and she was like, you need to be moved. Dang. <gasps> Oops, Sarah. <laughs> I just, I like the chat. Yeah. Leave that girl and her, there. It was the, a boy, actually. Leave that boy and his pencils alone. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say he didn't deserve it? I mean, you are. Okay. Thank you. Let the jury decide. <laughs> Jury's out. <laughs> 
at school, Hernandez wasn't just a popular jock. He was described as a nice guy who enjoyed making people laugh, even if it was at his own expense. Okay. Hernandez's life turned completely upside down when Dennis died unexpectedly on January 6th, 2006, during a routine hernia surgery. He was 16 at the time, and he obviously didn't take the news of his father passing well. While Dennis was an abusive parent, Hernandez did look up to him, and now his father wouldn't be there to watch him grow up or see his accomplishments. Mm. A few months after Dennis's passing, Terry began seeing Jeff Cummings, who was Hernandez's cousin, Tanya's husband. This is what we need the string and the text. Yeah. And- okay. Yes. Tanya was about 14 years older than Hernandez, but they were really close. They had this brother-sister bond. So Jeff moved in with Terry after divorcing Tanya, and Hernandez, who was not a fan of their relationship and wanted to distance himself from his mother, spent most of his time over at his cousin's house, which became a sort of safe haven for him. Okay. Let's keep it all in the family. Like, Yeah, it is really gross. Yeah. Was any of them blood related though? Uh, well, I mean, it's... there's no blood relation between Mama and her new her new man's. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but it's still weird. Hey, we had Thanksgiving together last year. Now we're dating. Like, yeah. I love that turkey you made. I want it all the time. Let's marry. <laughs> Unless you're doing it and it's totally normal, listeners. That's fine. Yeah. I think we just know how all this turns out for this family. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Yes. We're seeing the negative side of yes. a lot of things already. Mm-hmm. And Tanya's home is one of those negative things. Um, it was the place where Hernandez began falling in with the wrong crowd. D- uh, drifters and people who were no strangers to police were welcomed into Tanya's home where cool. they would drink, party, and do drugs. Two men, Carlos Ortiz and Ernest Wallace, who had been arrested for use and possession of weed, cocaine, and PCP, were whoa, whoa. regulars over at Tanya's house. And these were the people that Hernandez began hanging around a lot. In a time when he's very fragile. I was going to say informative years. Like, okay. When his dad just died. Like, you're looking for anything to heal. And a nice male figure comes in. Nice being the operative word there. But, Mm -hmm. okay. Aichihuahua. Aichihuahua. Dennis Sansauchi, Bristol Central's quarterback, told the Globe he and Hernandez would get high regularly. They would show up to school and practice high, and they would also smoke after games. The pair... Evidently okay. never got caught. So if coaches or anyone noticed or heard rumors about their drug use, I guess they just nice. kept their lips sealed. Nice. Yeah, I can't ruin that score, man. Yeah. Gotta keep him on the team. His career, yes. Um, Hernandez's football career could have become obsolete when he suffered an almost um, just career-ending blow during a game in 2006. A player blindsided Hernandez, and the hit to his head knocked him out cold. He was taken off of the field by an ambulance, but after the incident, he was only benched for one game, and then he continued playing the rest of the season. Whoa. Mm. Give that boy some time to rest. He was like, but should he have been playing? Probably not. So he could potentially have head damage. Brain damage. Head damage. Whatever. Head damage. I mean, it's damage to the noggin. It's all in your head. (laughs) Okay. I see where we're going. Wow. So, so far, if we're ticking off boxes, he had harsh upbringing. Yes. Big loss in his formative years. Mm-hmm. Now has bad coping mechanisms and a traumatic head injury. Yes. Okay, cool. I put, on my, mm-hmm. I put on my Sarah hat and I was doing the same <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, I was like, mm, yes, this is now looking good. I'm learning so much. <laughs> 
Oh boy. Yes. It's already a long list and I don't even think I'm like a page in yet. So his man. Okay. Yes. By his senior year, Hernandez had made a name for himself and several universities began scouting him for their teams. The UConn scholarship he had informally accepted a few years ago wasn't obviously set in stone. He Mm -hmm. was way too young and coaches took advantage of that. Urban Meyer, the highly rated football coach for the University of Florida, traveled to Boston where he talked with Hernandez's mom and his principal. Hernandez ended his high school football career earning the prestigious title Connecticut's Player of the Year. Wow. Yeah. So he's damn good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Instead of becoming a Yukon Husky like his father and brother before him, Hernandez committed to the University of Florida. 17-year-old Hernandez graduated high school a semester early at Urban Meyer's behest, and in January 2007, he left for Gainesville to join the number one football program at the time. Hernandez was on a Sports Illustrated cover along with seven other top freshman recruits who had started their college careers early. Whoa. How would you not feel like hot shit walking in? Like, I'm here early because you need me. Yes. But it's also, it was interesting because the Globe kind of talked about it more. And like the coach Urban Meyer says things a little bit differently that he doesn't, you know, push players to graduate early, but it, that doesn't seem to be the case. (laughs) Seems what you're very much doing. I'm saying it seemed a bit weird, but okay. Yes. I like to get them started on their path early, I could see, but then you're also losing a big chunk of that time. Yeah. Yeah. That, I don't know, a lot of other people get and get to experience. They're technically more immature at that point. Guys, high school can be really shitty, but like, enjoy your time there. Like, don't rush through it if you don't want to, or like, yeah. I don't wish I could go back. That's for darn sure. But like, <laughs> like let's not get crazy. College is fun, but like, Bro, take the time living on with your parents, okay? Just just saying. It's Enjoy fun it. when you're the right age for it to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And you learn a lot from, what, do, what are you, 14 when you get into high school? Uh, yeah, 13 or 14. Yeah. Between that and when you leave, yeah. different person mm-hmm. than when you leave high school and go to college. But it sounds like he already looked like a full-grown man at 14. Um, That is true, yes. So he was living a high life, for sure. Yes. Oh, that makes me so nervous. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he already had, like, so much against him already, too. So it's just not not cooking up to be a good thing. Okay. Cooking up. (laughs) Not cooking up. (laughs) Hernandez had a successful college football career as a Florida Gator, playing alongside future NFL star Tim Tebow. What? Even, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I don't do sports, but I know that ain't. <laughs> <laughs> Even with his success, Hernandez didn't seem all that happy. The Globe reported he returned to Connecticut during his first semester to speak with his high school principal. He allegedly showed up unannounced at his principal's house to ask if <gasps> he could go to the graduation party the high school was throwing. And the principal had to, like, shut him down because he isn't a high school student and he, it's like you don't go here any that sucks anymore. though i know but also that's kind of weird of him you gotta show up at it the is. house yeah yeah apparently like, you could like yeah. write him a letter bro no okay yes mm, okay. i don't know it may seem more weird to us because we're the generation of like you don't go to a business to apply we do everything online it may have been a little less weird a generation before us like pull yourself up, you go to there, you mm-hmm. talk to the man face to face. Yeah, and it could be more like hometowny. Yeah. Like 
I yeah. Knew, like, I know where my principal lives because I'm your neighbors. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. And if he was such a star athlete, he would have probably talked to his principal more than most students. Yep. So mm-hmm. I can see maybe it is. Yes. It seems jarring, but I don't think it's super that, yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. I come from a small town. Yeah. I request... dated my principal's son. So. Oh, oh yeah. scandal. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. It isn't as weird, I think, for me because I'm like, small town you know who the principal is you know yeah. usually where they live yeah but still he did already graduate and it's like you don't yeah but he's not 26 he's still 18 of course why are you coming yes. back though bro? like yeah shouldn't you be having the time of your life in college stay in school yes so troubling behavior i yes. guess yeah um <coughs> excuse me sorry and trouble seemed to follow hernandez wherever he went soon after moving to florida he got some like small minor tickets. So we got ticketed for driving a motorcycle without license plates and for improper passing while riding a scooter. So very minor things. What a badass. I know. (laughs) Um, His drug use didn't end when he moved to Florida. He also had a growing fascination with guns. TMZ posted a selfie Hernandez had taken. um, So he took a picture of himself in front of a mirror where he's holding up a gun. And this picture I think actually did go like viral. <laughs> Sarah's on it. I need to see yes. as well. Well, there could be different ones. Hold on. Maybe I will I can look up a picture if you would like. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, we'll post a, we'll post this on the gram. Yes, there are different pictures I will show you guys as well. Oh yeah, here's the TMZ one. This. Yes, that oh. is that one. Yeah. Okay. And yes. And that's when he's at Florida. That's how he looks. As like Bro, a, he looks like he's 32. Yeah. He yes. He's 18. Uh Around. Just about, yeah. Isn't that crazy Holy how old shit. he looks? Yeah. The tattoos don't help. Yeah, true. You don't know a yeah. lot of he 17. Looks terrifying. Yeah. Oh my god. You don't know a lot of 17, 18 year olds that have like that many tattoos nowadays, mm-hmm. I don't think. Or that jawline. Bro, like mm-hmm. he is jacked as fuck. Yeah, yes. not... sorry. <laughs> 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 what is that? Just Is somebody pretending to be Aaron Rodgers? The latest Twitter twin. Aaron Hernandez, Hernandez not oh, Aaron sorry. Rodgers. Oh, I'll get that <laughs> oh, in a second. I'll okay. get to that, yeah. Fuck me. You know what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Aaron Still... Rodgers! <laughs> I don't think he would take too kindly no, to no, that. No. My apologies, my apologies. Still, that's insane. He's 18? Just about, no, I would think, that's... yeah. We should show pictures of us at 18 to be like, <gasps> this is what most people look yeah or yeah. show pictures of our spouses baby clave at 18 <gasps> like here's what most high school freshmen look like yeah yeah west mm. the pre-beard oh <gasps> okay let's yep. let's ideas okay <laughs> danger Keep put a pin marked. in it yes <laughs> watch west cut this whole section out <laughs> no one will know <laughs> he was born with a beard you never you never talked about that never got brought up uh, at this time, Hernandez was also quick to anger. During his freshman year, he went to a college bar called The Swamp with Tim Tebow. He's underage, but since he's a football player, he's getting served drinks. He also, again, looks 40. Yes. So. Around one in the morning, the manager comes over to talk to Hernandez since he hadn't paid his bar tab. The tab is only $12, but Hernandez gets so heated, he punches the manager on the left side of his face and ends up rupturing the guy's eardrum. <gasps> Oh, oh, that's so oh. painful. I cannot imagine. Oh, no. The cops were called and Hernandez admitted to um, punching the manager. He said he thought the drinks had already been paid for by a fan of his. Oh, my God. 
Hernandez wasn't arrested, but he was warned that he could face charges. However, the bar manager decided not to pursue charges when he received a call from the UF coaches and their legal team about settling on an agreement. According to the Globe, the University of Florida denies making a settlement with the bar manager. Denied, denied, denied. Yes. Mm-hmm. I never said in college early. I yeah. never mm-hmm. called to settle his debts. No. Yes. In the end, the incident never went public. Hernandez faced zero charges or backlash, and he learned that he was different. He's this big shot football player whose messes will get cleaned up for him. Uh-oh. I mean, that's what it's what it looks like. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Interestingly, ESPN did an investigation in 2015, which, quote, found Florida football and basketball players avoided criminal charges much more often than the public. End oh my quote. God, that's wild. I wonder why. I don't know. Mm. And like, I will say like, it's, it's everywhere. Like, it's crazy how bad people in colleges get away with a lot. Yes. <coughs> I wonder why. Hmm. It's not for it's our little lady brains to know. No, no. right, mm-hmm. right. And sports not are all the money so they get. Yeah. Sports are just so important. It's the only thing that matters, right? Not, you know, someone's actual life or anything. It's fine. Or mm-hmm. hearing out of your left ear. Yeah. Yeah. In September, Hernandez was back on police's radar after a witness identified him as the gunman in a double shooting. Whoa. Hernandez and his teammates went out to a nightclub after losing their first game since their national championship win. He became angry when a guy at the club ripped off his teammate's chain. Don't know what sparked it on, but it happened. Another teammate was able to cool Hernandez down, and the guys left the bar, avoiding a fight. The guy who had uh, ripped the chain off of Hernandez's teammate and another passenger were later stopped at a light when a gunman on foot opened fire into the vehicle. The um, So the guy who got the chain, he was shot in the arm while the passenger, Corey Smith, was shot in the head. Ooh. The victim contacted police and told them that the gunman matched Aaron Hernandez's description. Detective Patty Nixon reached out to Coach Myers and told him she needed to speak with Hernandez and the other players who had been at the nightclub that evening. They didn't show up until four hours later, and they denied having any involvement in the shooting. Hernandez was the only one who didn't answer the detective's questions. He just said he wanted his attorney present. Which is a good thing to do. Yes. To be fair. Yeah. Hernandez ended up not facing charges because multiple witness descriptions of the gunmen didn't match the victim's. Not only that, the Gainesville Sun reported the victim ended up recanting his statement in 2017. He Mm. told detectives he didn't actually see the gunman, but he assumed it had to have been Aaron Hernandez due to what had gone down at the nightclub. Okay, that is very different. Yes. So. Yes, so that has been. Also, eyewitness testimony is very flawed. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't take much to convince someone you did not see what you saw. Yep. That's Mm -hmm. all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Corey Smith, the other victim, underwent life-saving surgery and survived, but he struggled to regain the ability to walk and talk and still has issues he now has to live with. Oh, my God. He told police he didn't believe Hernandez was the shooter, but that Hernandez likely knew who the shooter was. Oh. Okay. Okay. To to this day, no one has been arrested for the shooting. That's so sad. Yes. Um, But as you can tell, it's just going downhill from here. We're building up. I mean... (laughs) We're falling. Falling down? (laughs) Falling straight down. Yeah. Just a chasm of darkness. Yeah. (laughs) We're putting more ingredients in our Oreo blizzard here. Our killer blizzard. Yeah. Yeah, we had had blizzards last night. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I door dashed some some blizzards. 
Yes. Are you? Uh, okay, so we're just well, putting toppings in there and mixing. I know what I'm getting on the way home. <laughs> Once I said it, everyone's like, that does sound good. Yes. Oh, Better yeah. than this. Yeah, this blizzard that is happening. Good. No. This is a bad blizzard. Yeah. yeah. Hernandez was benched the first game of his sophomore year because he failed a drug test. Per UF rules, he was also required to undergo more drug testing. Wait, obviously. This was all his freshman year of college? Uh, in a way. It was all during his college years. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. The Gators won the national championship that year, but they didn't see a championship win his junior year. Hernandez was awarded the Mackey Award for being the top tight end in the whole country. Um, and by senior year, like, you know, his career was going up yeah. and things were looking up for him, but his constant weed use started causing strife with Coach Meyer. According to the Globe, Hernandez was almost kicked off of the team, but Tebow convinced Meyer to keep him. Hernandez was told instead that he needed to uh, set his sights on making it to the NFL his senior year. And on the fourth anniversary of his father's death, he announced he was going to enter the NFL. Okay. Hernandez was a likely prospect for the NFL, and teams were definitely interested in him, but his drug use allegations couldn't be ignored. Mm-hmm. NFL teams hired private investigators to look into Hernandez's past, where they discovered he had failed some drug tests. Uh, they did a behavioral analysis as well, where he received the lowest possible score in social maturity. Like the lowest they'd ever gotten, ever seen. Yeah. Bad. I'm impressed they actually care about this. But I guess professional football teams, it is a brand. Exactly. So you are, Yes. you can't just be good on the field. They have to be able to sell. Any of the previous things you have done, you're gone. The second they catch wind that it may be you. Like pulling a gun out at a bar, punching, like, no, like we can't, we can't have that. I hope that's what you're about to tell us. Well, (laughs) let's. Shit. We can talk about it. There's a lot that happens. Okay. Um, Hernandez, I guess, realized his chances weren't looking good. So he and his agent wrote letters to NFL teams regarding the allegations against him and stated he would be willing to undergo drug testing, you know, every two weeks. He would do it more if he had to. In the letters, Hernandez made a point to mention that he only failed one drug test while he was playing in Florida. Also, it's crazy the drug test is what's tripping people up, not the crazy aggression. Yeah, but a lot of that stuff hasn't been reported on. It's never, oh, all of that true. stuff has never been, he's never this been charged like with anything. Hindsight, yeah. we can see. Yeah. It's just yeah, crazy. the drug Weed stuff. bring him down. Yes. I, I didn't know there was a social maturity test. I kind of were curious. We should take it. Yeah. Well. I think it's whatever, like, you, you know, they go to these, I don't know if I would say training camps, but they're being looked at and I guess rated on and different stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was just the one he like tanked that rating compared to other ones. Cause they're obviously looking at like athletic ability and everything else, yeah. which obviously he'll be great at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's duh. Yeah. Well, it could also be like, you know, being a teammate, working as a group, that kind of stuff yeah. too. Yeah. Cause again, everyone, in the NFL is a superstar. So you have to not just be a superstar player, but like yes. you have to work with them on and off the field. Yeah. Like a true like teammate. Also, if they're going to do like a post-game interview, you have to be able to do that. You know, not punch the reporter in the face. Yes. Mm -hmm. The NFL does not want to pay those fines for you. Oh, no. On April 22nd, 2010, the NFL draft took place. 20-year-old Aaron Hernandez was slated to be a first-round pick, but he ended up being the New England Patriots' fourth-round pick, and I believe like 113th pick overall. Okay. Mm -hmm. He was drafted as the Patriots' tight end, becoming the youngest NFL player in the league. Uh, 
Oh, wow. The uh, Patriots knew they were adding a loose cannon to their team, but they had helped previous players with checkered passes. That's what they're known for, I think. Yes. Really? They are, yes. Clay Supreme of Football, I hear about them all the time. Mm -hmm. And so they, you know, believed Hernandez could change for the better with their coaching and guidance. Mm -hmm. It would be too late before they realized they were in way over their heads. Gillette Stadium was just a two-hour drive from Bristol, so Hernandez was able to easily visit his hometown uh, and his questionable friends whenever he wanted. Using the money from his contract, he hired Alexander Bradley, a friend of his from college who was an ex-convict with a long rap sheet, to be his assistant and personal drug dealer. Bradley would provide (laughs) Hernandez drugs, uh, guns, you name it, whatever Hernandez wanted, Bradley would get it for him. But how does that work in with the weekly drug tests? Does he also pee for him? Like, how is he doing this? I'm, well. I shouldn't even ask. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I don't get paid enough to look into that. I don't know. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) I don't make enough money. We don't have those resources. Yeah, I do not have those resources. On April 30th, 2011, police responded to a disturbance in front of Hernandez's home. Hernandez and Brandon Beam, a former high school teammate of his, had been out drinking. Beam drove Hernandez home and was pulled over for speeding. He was clocked out 120 miles per hour in a 55 mile per hour work <laughs> zone. Oh, no. Oh, that ticket. Oh. Yes. Uh, Beam was thankful Hernandez was with them because the cop recognized the Patriot tight end. Uh, so he was slapped with. A hefty ticket, a hefty fine. Uh, but he was told he was free to go, so he didn't get arrested. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. What's it like to be famous? Let me Jesus know. Christ. I'll let you guys know in a couple of years. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we'll all uh, basically. Yes, whatever. Go oh, oh, I was <laughs> oh, like, thanks. oh, I didn't even like blink an eye. I was like, yeah. Like, Makes oh, no, sense. Like, yeah. We will be telling you, the audience, what it's like. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes, someday. Someday. Yes. When they returned to Hernandez's home at three in the morning, they began to argue about the situation. When officers arrived, they again recognized Hernandez and told him and Bean to take their heated exchange inside. Okay. Um, he really stood out as a rookie. He played the game well, he was breaking records, and he scored a touchdown in his first Super Bowl game at the age of 22. Okay. His effort the past two years weren't overlooked. In August 2012, the Patriots offered Hernandez a seven-year extension contract worth $41 million, <laughs> along with a $12.5 million signing bonus, which was the largest bonus a player in that position has ever gotten. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yes, the Patriots wanted to keep him around. He was that good. <laughs> I'm, I need a different set of skills. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, God, I don't like this. Okay. What you would do with all that money. Crazy. That same year, he asked his girlfriend, uh, Shai Anna Jenkins, to marry him. The couple had been high school sweethearts who had reconnected after college. Cheyenne moved in with Hernandez in 2011 during his second season with the Patriots. Cheyenne moved out and left him briefly after learning that he had cheated on her, but she returned to his townhouse in 2012 when she found out she was pregnant. Uh Uh-oh. He proposed and moved her into a $1.3 million home they could raise their daughter in. Okay. With his new contract, he gave $50,000 to a charity named after the Patriots owner, Robert Kraft's late wife, Mira. Hernandez told reporters about the Patriots, quote, this place changed me as a person because you can't come here and act reckless. I was one of those persons. I came here and might have acted the way I wanted to act, but you get changed by Bill Belichick's way. He's a coach. Mm -hmm. You get changed by the Patriot way, end quote. 
but this was all bullshit. <laughs> his teammates and even the coach said they saw him hanging out with his ex-convict friends from Bristol. Dan Fletcher, one of Hernandez's teammates, said he saw Hernandez drop off guns and ammunition at a Franklin apartment that he coined his quote-unquote side place. Okay, which I do want to say really quick. All cool with the ex-cons. Like, it's not that you're not redeemable. It's just, it seems like this ex-convict is still doing bad things that are not helping Aaron Hernandez's life overall. Yeah, yes. You're, you're, you're saying one thing and your actions are doing another. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Dan Fletcher also recounted a night in the summer of 2012 where he went out to a bar in Boston with Hernandez and one of Hernandez's Bristol friends. When Dan left the bar, he saw... Hernandez and his friend in the back of the vehicle speaking to two men sitting in the front seats. When he asked Hernandez who the men were, he said they were detectives asking him questions about a crime he hadn't been involved in. Mm. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, mm. a lot has been happening, and it only gets worse from here. On June 17th, 2013, the body of 27-year-old Odin Boyd was discovered in an industrial park in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. Oh, no. Lloyd had been shot six times, once in the forearm, once in his right side, twice in his back, and twice in his chest. He appeared to have been shot while he was crouching down like he was killed almost like execution style. Weird. Okay. North Attleboro and Massachusetts State Police were assigned to the case, and at the scene, they recovered two shell casings and a used blunt. Tire tracks and shoe imprints were also discovered. Lloyd's family was entirely shocked by the news. They told officers that Lloyd didn't have any enemies and they couldn't fathom why someone would want to kill him. At the age of three, Lloyd, along with his mom and two sisters, had moved from the U.S. Virgin Islands to Boston. They lived in Dorchester in a dangerous area filled with drug and gun activity. Uh, but... They seemed to have lived a good life. Lloyd was described as an honest and hardworking man who enjoyed spending time with his family, friends, and football teammates. If you were friends with him, he just had your back. Yeah. Lloyd's semi-pro football team, the Boston Bandits, gave a tribute to him at his memorial service where hundreds of family members and friends were in attendance. Mike Branch, the team's general manager, described Lloyd as his brother and said, quote, you try to play the game in his memory because that's what he would want us to do, end quote. I'm not crying, you're crying. Yes. It was very touching overall, and everyone in the like docuseries that like commented on Odin Lloyd, they just seemed to like really love him. Oh. Uh Shania Jenkins, Lloyd's girlfriend, described him as a gentleman and said that after his death, she felt like half of her was missing. Police quickly zeroed in on a suspect, Aaron Hernandez. Dun dun dun. Yes. So how was NFL superstar Hernandez connected to Odin Lloyd? I have, a, I have a thought in my head. Not how they're connected, but how they figure out it's him. I have a thought in my head. Do you want to say your thought out loud to us? Yeah. Oh, okay. What's up? I don't know, but it's stuck in my head. They found a blunt. DNA on the blunt. Interesting. Like, just like a cigarette butt. That's my where my brain goes. Put a pin in that. Okay. <gasps> Put a pin in that blunt. Put a pin in it. <laughs> Boom, it's in, it's in. <laughs> <laughs> well, also... Lloyd was dating Hernandez's fiance's sister at the time of his murder. Just that. Uh, okay, so, okay, okay. Through the sisters, Hernandez and Lloyd became friends. They realized they had similar interests. They both enjoyed playing football and smoking weed. Now, <laughs> what else do you need, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a friendship. Two important right there. things. Yeah. Uh, now, just because the two were friends, again, 
doesn't mean Hernandez had anything to do with the murder, but it was interesting that the site Lloyd's body was discovered in was located um, less than a mile from Hernandez's home. Oh, boy. The tire tracks found at the scene indicated a vehicle had been involved in the crime and Hernandez had recently rented a car that was considered suspect. (laughs) It's not funny. It's just... You fool. We got a car, we got a joint, we got it all. The following day, police arrive at Hernandez's doorstep with a warrant to search his home. During the search, officers note that the house appeared to have been cleaned, uh, like broken cell phones were found, and the home security system, he had this huge security system in his home, uh, appeared to have been tampered with, uh, with chunks of footage having been seemingly deleted. Oh my god. Okay. Three days later, media helicopters follow Hernandez while he's driving to meet with his lawyers. The helicopters capture Hernandez running into Gillette Stadium, where he meets with Patriots head coach Belichick and owner Robert Kraft. He adamantly denies being involved in Odom Lloyd's murder, and he tells them he has an alibi. He was out clubbing while Lloyd had been killed. Okay. Whether Belichick and Kraft believed him or not is up for debate, but Hernandez was banned from entering the stadium while the investigation was ongoing. After his visit, Hernandez stops at a gas station where news reporters just swarm him. And, um, you know, they're trying to ask him for comments, see if he makes any comments about the investigation. But Hernandez doesn't say a peep. And when he's done pumping gas, he gets into his car and gets back on the highway. They're lucky that's all he did. If he truly is this ticking time bomb. Yes. Yes. He punched a man for $12. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Shockingly, nothing else happened. But he... I guess was composed that day investigators returned to hernandez's home two days later this time with search dogs according to sportingnews.com this search lasted about four hours on june 26 2013 investigators had enough evidence to arrest 23 year old aaron hernandez at his home three yes uh on first degree murder charges and five gun related charges <coughs> excuse me When he's taken out of his home, he's handcuffed and his shirt is on, but his arms are like on the outside of it. Um, And, you know, they're just like behind his back. So this is what became known as Hernandezing. So let me show you this picture, two pictures. So that's kind of how he was taken out. Does that make sense? Okay. So So that's. I saw that online. Yes. It's like they put the shirt on over him after he'd been handcuffed. Yes. Okay. Because for those who can't see. Yes. Um, And I will post those pictures as well. But this is what, like, blew my mind. Because I'm like, this is, like, 2013. Like, I'm out of high school. I had no, I mean, I knew about him, but I had no idea about this. Mm -hmm. Granted, maybe it's because I really didn't watch football. Yeah. And I'm just not in that kind of sphere. But people were mimicking this picture and posting pictures of, like, them with their arms behind their back and their shirts. Like, in just like a stand of solidarity with Hernandez because they didn't believe he did it. Oh and this be- yeah, people were posting this on social media. So this became known as Hernandezing. And I have no idea. I don't think anyone I know did it. I've but never seen that. I've no, I've never maybe seen it's it. Like, did I even like, maybe I missed it. Like, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like we if someone would have posted it. College. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I was even paying attention, but yeah, I wasn't watching football either. So yes. Hernandezing. Hernandezing. That's yes. disgusting. Especially knowing what we know now. Yeah. But Careful at the, at, who you follow, people. Careful. Yes. But at the time, people were like, there is no way. This is ridiculous. So it was kind of a stand, like, to show their support. Like it was Wild. a setup or something. 
wild. Yeah. Okay. They were just like, he didn't do it. Like, we're just going to do this to post that, yeah. you know, kind of make a mockery him. of it. Yes. Got it. Yes. Yes. So I didn't know if you guys had seen that no. either, but okay. I'm not the only one who was no. not aware of this at all. Okay. And also like during this too, you know, his family and friends, um, they believed Hernandez was innocent as well. According to Wikipedia, 90 minutes after Hernandez's arrest, the Patriots fired him, resulting in the loss of his contract and salaries. 90 oh, minutes? Yes. Woo-hoo! They did that shit quick. Swift. After yes. just the arrest, too. Whoa, they yes. fucking knew, bro. Well, we're also they just don't want to be involved in it, but like, yeah, yeah I think they want to. Too rich for my blood. Yeah. I'm out. They don't want his name associated with them at all anymore. Nope. Bye. In Damn. a press interview, Kraft commented on the arrest stating, quote, if this stuff is true, then I've been duped and our whole organization has been duped, end quote. The Patriots even set up a day where fans could swap their Hernandez jersey for a different jersey. Yes, which makes sense. Good for them, bro. Yes. Just cutting ties real quick. Oh, yeah. Like they don't even, it's because like they're like, here, take a new one because we don't even want that shit. No, they don't want to be associated with him at all. Yeah, they and don't it want was... his name out there with yeah. Patriots on the front. It, it was so sad, though, because in the docuseries, there's this guy that was um, just interviewed during that time. And he was like, my last name is Hernandez. Now I can't even have a jersey with my oh. last name on it. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Oh, well, wait, that is a very common last name. Yes. Oh. Well, I was talking with some of my friends about it. And they're like, he could just get a different number on it. And I'm like, I think it would still be jarring yeah. to have that last name Especially, on like a Patriots jersey. Be like, wait, what the yeah, hell? Like, like they, you'd get booed. Like, oh, yeah. 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 No. Heads would turn, I think, a little bit. But yeah. that was just what I was thinking. So I was like, oh, poor man. So, yeah. Um, all of the trophies and awards Hernandez had won during high school and that had been on display at Bristol High were taken down, and a stone inscribed with Hernandez's name at the University of Florida Stadium was replaced with a blank stone. Just Ooh. after the arrest? Um, I believe so. Okay. Some of those I'm, couldn't be after, after the fact. But I, I think everyone was like, oh, The no. process is starting. Yes. Hernandez was held without bail at the Bristol County Correctional Center, where he was placed on suicide watch. According to the documentary series, corrections officers were shocked at how easily Hernandez adjusted to his small, cramped cell. This guy has just been taken away from his cushy mansion, and he is not phased or acting like it's bothering him in the slightest. He considered his time in jail as a training camp, and he would verbally tell himself, other inmates, and officers this. What the fuck? Cheyenne was also shocked by Hernandez's attitude. In a call Hernandez made to her, he told her, quote, My room is very organized. I have everything lined up perfect, have my little trash in there, everything all folded. I always make a nice, perfect pillow. It's actually cozy. I think I enjoy it too much, end quote. I mean, it's a winner mentality, I guess, but... um, Ugh, No, that's, that scares me. You should be a little it is. jarred. Yes, I'm sure, like, oh, what a freak. The officers were also, like, a little disturbed by that, too. Yeah. Like, it's not what we had expected. Yes. You expect him to be, like, crying like a little baby. My cushy life. No, you did no. this to yourself, homie. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Very weird. weird. According to The Guardian, Hernandez was kept in a section of the jail that was intended for mentally ill prisoners and prisoners who were prone to violent outbursts. He was kept in isolation, but allowed some privileges, like being able to do pull-ups on the stairs outside his cell and working out in the courtyard without being placed in, like, these cages they had, I guess, to kind of keep him separated. There, Yeah. 
Probably monkeys on a zoo. Yes. Hernandez was anything but a model prisoner, though. He got in trouble numerous times for uh, screaming and banging on his cell door. There was also a moment, uh, a time where an inmate in a cell above him had just been yelling at Hernandez through a vent. This inmate was later escorted out of the cell in handcuffs one day to go to, like, an outside appointment. Yeah. Which happened to be during Hernandez's rec time. Once the inmate made it down the stairs, Hernandez proceeded to beat the crap out of him. And he was later charged with assault. Whoa. That's Ouch. more what I expected, if I'm being yeah. honest. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. At his arraignment, Hernandez pleaded not guilty. If found guilty, he could face life in prison without the possibility of parole. The Commonwealth versus Aaron Hernandez trial began on January 29th, 2015. The Patriots were in the Super Bowl while this was going on, and the presiding judge, Judge E. Susan Garsh, refused to allow anyone wearing Patriots gear, NFL jerseys, or just any NFL uh, attire in general into the courtroom. Fair. Makes sense. Yeah. The prosecution believed Ernest Wallace, who had turned himself into police, and Carlos Ortiz, um, who were both actually charged with accessory to murder after the fact, were Hernandez's accomplices. Hernandez's cousin, Tanya, had allegedly attempted to help Ortiz and Wallace flee the state and even the county. She drove Wallace to Georgia and then bought him a bus ticket to Florida. She had also talked to Ortiz about getting him into Puerto Rico. At the trial, uh, a 38-year-old Tanya, who was a mother of two and battling stage four cancer at the time, Mm. chose prison over testifying against her cousin. What? Yeah. That's a ride or die lady. I mean, pick your battles, ma'am. That's not the one you want to do, but yeah, it says a lot about your character, I guess. Yep. She wouldn't go on the stand. So if I'm not suffering enough with cancer, I'm going to go to prison. Yep. Okay. Yes. The prosecution laid out their timeline of events before and after Odin Boyd's murder using cell phone records and video surveillance footage. Um, So with the timeline they have. On June 15th, 2013, Hernandez and Lloyd were caught on video entering Rumor Nightclub in Boston. A worker at the nightclub danced with Hernandez until he became irritated and walked off towards the DJ booth. Lloyd had to run out of the nightclub in order to catch up to Hernandez. Another witness at the nightclub said he saw Hernandez angrily staring at Lloyd that night. Prosecutors potentially kind of posed their theory. Maybe Lloyd said something or did something to make Hernandez angry that night. Maybe Lloyd, someone got a hold of information that he wasn't supposed to know. Yeah. At 9.05 p.m. on June 16th, Hernandez texted Lloyd, telling him he was going to stop by his house um, sometime that evening to grab something and that they could, like, step out for a little bit. He also sent a message to Wallace and Ortiz, telling them to leave Connecticut and make the two or so hour drive to meet him in North Attleboro. Oh, my. At 12.22, Lloyd sent a text to Hernandez asking if they were still on. Video of Hernandez at a gas station captured him filling up a rental car at 2.10 in the morning. In the video, Hernandez is dancing, like, just kind of dancing around the car, and he continues to dance as he heads inside the gas station in a way that seems like he might be a bit intoxicated or high or both. Okay. Okay. Inside the gas station, video footage shows Hernandez buying bubblegum and black and milds. Ooh, what a combo. (laughs) What are you in high school? Jesus. Well, oh, he is young. Social maturity. Okay, yeah. maybe, maybe. Hernandez, Wallace, and Ortiz arrive at Lloyd's home in Boston at 2:33 a.m. Lloyd gets in the rear passenger seat and they drive off towards Hernandez's home. Lloyd sends a text to his sister at 3:07 that said, "Do you know who I'm with?" 
a couple minutes later, he texted hello. His sister responds back who, and at 3.22, he replied NFL. The last text he sent his sister at 3.23 said, just so you know. Hernandez's cell phone was pinged at towers near the scene of the crime, and at 3.25, surveillance footage captured a vehicle driving towards the industrial park. Four minutes later, the car was spotted driving away from the area. Prosecutors suspect Odin was murdered within that five-minute time frame. Holy shit. I mean, if it's gunshots, it would be pretty quick. Yeah. Hernandez had rented a 2012 Nissan from Enterprise, and when he returned it the next day, Keelia Smith, the branch manager at that um, facility, discovered chewed-up gum and a shell casing inside the vehicle. Before Hernandez left, Kelia remembered that he had offered her a piece of gum, which uh, was determined to be the same kind he had bought at the gas station the other day. The 45 caliber shell casing found in the rented vehicle were a match to the shell casings discovered at the crime scene. Massachusetts State Police Trooper Todd Gerard stated that the tire imprint found at the scene matched the Nissan Hernandez had rented. That's what I'm saying. Like, what do you... D- okay. Yeah. I'm glad you're done. Easy police work. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Like... Shoe imprints found at the scene matched a size 13 pair of retro 11 Air Jordans Hernandez owned, and <gasps> DNA taken from the blunt found at the crime scene was a match to Hernandez. Hey! He also left a signed photograph of <laughs> yeah, himself yeah. just for the police. Like, I know you're coming. Aaron was here. Yeah, this Written one's for in the you. Dirt. <laughs> oh my god. What an idiot! Again, I'm happy he's dumb, but yeah. Jesus. Yes. Thank you for low social maturity. Wow. Cool. According, <laughs> I just cannot. Yeah. I'm laughing because he's so stupid. Jesus Christ. Yes. They definitely had a lot of evidence. Yeah. Um, according to the Netflix docuseries, Hernandez, Ortiz, and Wallace arrived back at Hernandez's home not long after Lloyd had been killed. Video footage that was recovered from Hernandez's home security system was shown in court. In one clip, Hernandez enters his house and walks around holding what appears to be a gun. Here is that picture. It's, I mean, a little blurry, like those videos. This is him, like, coming back? Yes. Like, literally minutes. walking around holding this thing? Yes. Okay. That's terrifying. Yes. Wow. And um, at this time, Cheyenne takes the stand, and she's shown this picture. And, you know, the prosecutor is asking her to identify what, you know, Hernandez is holding in the clip and I got to give it to her. She's like not wavering at all. She's like, "Eh, you know, like I can't really tell. And the prosecutor's like, all right, like, okay, let me zoom in, give you a closer look. And, uh, she still keeps her response vague though, claiming that the object in his hand looks like a black blob to her. Say it could be a phone. You mean a black Glock? (laughs) (laughs) Clever, clever. Yes. Not to her, though, but I mean... Can I see it one more time? Yes. Let's see if it could be a black blob. In her defense, it could be a remote. I know, yes. It's not like he's it's... holding it to shoot. So I can see how she's like, I'm going to give him the benefit. It could yes. Be, it could be a protein bar. This is the father of my child. Surely he's not walking around the house with a gun drawn. Yeah. At yeah. 4.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Jay chilling. I can't believe someone got in his car to go somewhere at 2 in the morning. I'd be like, I am so asleep at 2 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. And he's texting his sister like, hey. Are you up? Like, the hell? If my brother texts me at 2 a.m., I'd be like, I will tell you at 8.30 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. I just wonder if he, like, just got a bad, bad like, vibe maybe, and that's yeah. why he texts his sister. Like, mm, it's weird that he I'm didn't with. say names, though. Just NFL. Unless someone was sitting next to him. Oh. 
Which probably, yeah, because yeah. yeah. they had. You're trying to be as cryptic as possible, yeah. but also like, um, hey, something's shady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, good for him. He didn't know that Aaron was that stupid with all the evidence. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good job, bud. During the trial, the defense didn't assert that their defendant was completely innocent, which I thought was pretty interesting. So they never stated that Hernandez wasn't at the scene. They just told the jury that he wasn't the one that had killed Lloyd. It was Wallace Ortiz that had pulled the trigger, while Hernandez had been an unwilling participant. It seems like he's always pushed to do things that he doesn't want to do. Yeah. Because he's so small and docile. Yeah. I can Mm. see that. Yeah. Doesn't have an anger problem. No. Mm -mm. I think it's fine. According to Wikipedia... The defense told the court that Hernandez, quote, was a 23-year-old kid who witnessed something, a shocking killing committed by someone he knew. He really didn't know what to do, so he just put one foot in front of the other. Oh, pshaw. quote. <laughs> I thought we said pshaw. <laughs> where did that come from? Okay, babushka, where did that come from? I don't know. I don't think I've said that word in, like, pshaw. Oh, <laughs> I mean, is it not the right one, though? Like, it's all right. It did, it did feel wow. right. Wow. All right, sorry. Yes. I think that's probably the same sound I made when I read it. It's like, joking. <laughs> Gotta be joking. He saw uh, something, and he's just picking himself up with that winner mentality he has. Yeah. Aaron Rodriguez. Pshaw. <laughs> Aaron Hernandez. Why do I keep doing that? I literally said it in my head. Are you purposely not wanting to like think of who this person is? Yeah, I think I've like never like I think I'm just like nope, not a real person. Nope, not a real person. <laughs> I feel like you put up a mental block. Like I yeah. will not let this man. I'll just say Aaron. Okay, fuck. So sorry, Mr. Rogers. I'm so. It's not that either. Wait, what did I say? You said Rogers. It's not Aaron Rogers. Wait. <laughs> I don't think he went. So what did I get first? That was you went wrong. from Rogers to Rodriguez. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You are dancing around Hernandez. Yes. Pshaw, Aaron. Pshaw. Pshaw. I'm done. I need to go. Well, <laughs> the prosecution also said pshaw to that. <laughs> I bet they did. Um, they played video surveillance footage of Ortiz, Wallace, and Hernandez the day after Lloyd's death. In the video, Hernandez hands the men his baby daughter to hold. He's hugging and fist bumping them goodbye, so he doesn't appear at all affected by his friend's death. As they said. Because he has cameras all over his house all the time. Yes. So able to get all this footage. Yeah, you might he wasn't really an unwilling participant. It's like, yeah, you may have blocked out the actual, like, some of the things you thought were important. Like when they said, like, some of the stuff was like missing. Yeah. But, like, not the next yes. day, not your reactions, not the after effects. Yes. You idiot. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Okay. One big question on everyone's mind was the location of the murder weapon. Police and even the media speculated that Cheyenne helped Hernandez get rid of the gun. Hernandez had sent her a text on June 19th that said, Go in the back of the screen in the movie room. There is a box just in case you were looking for it, with like three exclamation points. About an hour later, a camera captured Cheyenne leaving the house carrying a trash bag that appeared to contain an object that was the size of a gun lockbox. So I'll find a clip of that real quick to show you guys. Yeah. Because again, everything is recorded in this house. Yes. And I mean, cameras inside, outside the house, everything. That's creepy in itself, though. Yes. Should you need them in your house? I don't like, I always. That seems like a very controlling thing. Unless the camera is actually in the house pointed outwards, like at the base of a window. Uh-uh. But from the one we saw of him holding the 
black blob. It was yes. not pointed outwards. No. No. I don't want to be watched all the time. No. Honestly, like, nanny cams and stuff, that, like, freaks me out. I don't need to be watched. That's mm -mm. weird. Unless your house is haunted. Then you set up some cameras. So, other than that, no. Okay. So, I believe this is it, if both of you guys can see it. Yeah. Okay. So, it's outside the house, and then you'll see Cheyenne with the uh, trash bag. Okay. Coming out at some point. So you kind of see like the it's like shape a square. Of it. Yes. Oh, it's a big square. Okay, I was thinking like very small. Yeah. No. And then she like, I don't know why they zoomed in like that on this video, but she put more trash on top of the trash bag. Hmm. Yes. Mm, okay. Yes. Hmm. Okay. So, um, for those who didn't watch that video, uh, Cheyenne uh, comes outside containing an object that's kind of like squarish in shape. Mm -hmm. In the video, she sets the trash bag down, puts some other trash inside the bag, and then she takes this bag and places it in the trunk of her sister's car. Even though she walked past two trash cans. I will. I noticed that. On yes. Out. Okay. On the stand, she admitted to throwing the bag into the dumpster. When asked what dumpster she went to, she claimed she didn't remember. Cheyenne faced perjury charges, but these were later dropped. During the investigation, um... I had read that police divers also extensively searched a lake in Bristol where they believed maybe the murder weapon had been dumped. Mm. But to this day, the gun has never been found. Wow. Mm. Okay. Yes. So that was one of the big things they didn't have was the murder weapon. They didn't have the smoking gun. Exactly. You would say? Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. Here all day. <laughs> After a three month trial, the jury deliberates for six days before making their verdict. Wow. They find Hernandez guilty of murder in the first degree, and he is sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Ooh. Hernandez was sent to the Sousa Baranowski Correctional Center in Shirley, Massachusetts, where prisoners spend 20 hours a day in their cells. He spent a majority of the time in the hole, and the Guardian reported that in the span of two years, he was moved to 23 different cells. Wow. While he was imprisoned, Tanya Singleton's sentence was moved to probation with home confinement due to her cancer, and she passed away in her home on October 15th. Okay. Same year. Now, what's crazy is the fact that this wasn't the only murder case Aaron Hernandez would be connected to. During the Odin Lloyd investigation, detectives obtained a warrant to search Tanya's home, and they discovered a silver Toyota 4Runner that looked like it just hadn't been touched in a long while. They took the SUV into evidence and learned that the Boston Police Department had been looking for this vehicle, which they believed was connected to an unsolved drive-by shooting on July 16th, 2012, where two men, Safiro Furtado and Danielle de Abrey, were shot and killed around 2.30 in the morning. There didn't appear to be a motive and no arrests had been made. So while Odin Lloyd's trial like was going on and that was getting ready to go. Yeah. Hernandez was a suspect in two other murders. And so, you know, the jury in the other trial wasn't allowed to know any of this information. Right. Yes. Whoa. No wonder the Patriots were like, mm, excuse me, Hernandez, who? Yes. It's me. They, they don't know who they're talking about. Yeah. Who is that? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. I guess I'm just a Patriots fan. What can I say? <laughs> FR, you didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. <laughs> oh, my God. So embarrassing. <laughs> it's okay. Fuck you, Aaron. There's a lot of names. The AA. Double A, the man. <laughs> so this shooting happened outside of the Cure Lounge in Boston's theater district. Hernandez and Alexander Bradley, so he was his, you know, hired drug dealer and mm -hmm. whatnot, were caught on surveillance entering the bar. 
A detective who later watched the footage recognized Hernandez, picking him out of the crowd of people easily, but didn't think much of the football player at the time. During that evening, Daniel DeAbray allegedly bumped into and spilled his drink on Hernandez and Bradley. Feeling the tension coming off of uh, Hernandez, Bradley convinced him to leave the bar. They were walking towards the parking garage when Hernandez spotted the two men driving off in a BMW. Once they got to their SUV, Hernandez told Bradley to speed up so they could catch up to the BMW, which was stopped currently at a red light. Hernandez took out a 38 caliber revolver, and when they approached the light, he shouted at the men. Furtado and Deobray didn't look over at Hernandez, so he repeated himself, and when they turned, he fired five shots into the BMW. He attempted, uh, allegedly attempted three more shots, but all Bradley heard was clicks. The only clue detectives had was from eyewitnesses who had spotted a silver SUV fleeing the scene. Bradley claimed Hernandez became paranoid after that night. He didn't like to be around iPhones, believing they were recording everything he said and did, and he thought undercover cops were out to get him. But Bradley also appeared shaken by the events. Six months after the shooting, Bradley was arrested for driving um, 105 miles per hour while intoxicated. Cool. Hernandez tried to bail him out by using his celebrity status like he had done with, mm-hmm. you know, his, you know, before with his other teammate. Uh, but the officers weren't having it that time. On February 13th, 2013, Hernandez and Bradley took a trip to Miami, Florida. And during their stay, they stopped by a gentleman's club called Tootsie's Cabaret. Bradley. <laughs> Tootsie's. That's what I call my feet. Yeah, your Tootsie's. Yeah. Tootsies, yeah. My Tootsie's are cold. Not, not at this point. No. <laughs> Tootsie's Cabaret. Okay. Oh my God. I don't know why it's imagined like little toes stripping off. Like, I and thought, this little piggy went to the market. I don't know why. I thought Betty Boop. I don't know why. Oh, like, hey, yeah. Toots. Like, hey, Toots. That's yeah. probably more appropriate. Yeah. Not your big toe in like weird lingerie. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my only thing. Zero. <laughs> I'm so sorry. At least they're painted. <laughs> That's true. They are painted now. <laughs> oh my god. Back to you. <laughs> Bradley told the court that Hernandez pointed out two men that he believed were police officers. He told Hernandez if they were cops, it's because of the drive-by shootings that went down in Boston. Hernandez did not like that response, and he walked away from Bradley. They both left the club at around, like, 5 in the morning. He's lucky he didn't get killed. Bradley told the court that he Ugh. fell asleep during the ride home, and he woke up to see a gun in his face. All Bradley could do was watch as Hernandez pulled the trigger. A man getting ready for work that morning heard the gunshot and discovered Bradley's body in a parking lot just before 7 a.m., Police arrived, and Bradley, who had been shot between the eyes, was rushed to St. Mary's Medical Center. He survived the gunshot wound, and when he woke up the next morning, he called Hernandez, who seemed very surprised to hear Bradley's voice on the other line. After Bradley, uh... What a badass. Hey, just so you know, I'm alive. Like, yes. Like, I just want to hear, like, the taken. Like, I will find you. Yeah. I will kill you. Can you imagine... Him just, like, pissing himself. It's like getting a call from a ghost. Yes. 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 Oh, my God. What a fuck. And, like, the next day. Yeah. Yes. Like, hey, you just tried to shoot me in the head. Try again, bitch. Like, what? Wakes up. Do you want to call your family? No. Mm-hmm. I have someone else. Give me the yeah. phone. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> After Bradley had woken up, police came in to question him regarding the shooting, but he didn't tell them that Hernandez was the one who had shot him, 
Bradley revealed to the court that he lied to police so that he could get revenge on Hernandez himself. I mean, okay. I mean, I can't. Eh. I don't blame him. I got mixed feelings. I got, yeah. Oh, yeah. My half of me wants to be like, Very, yeah, yeah. The other half is like, bull strategy cotton. Yeah. Just let the professionals do it. Exactly. Yes. Very mixed feelings. To be about fair, that. if you watched him get off from everything though, because of his celebrity status, I would also be like, I'm doing this myself. Obviously, nothing else is working. Yeah. I can see like, that angle. Maybe he was thinking, you know, revenge, meaning like he was going to hire a, a private detective. You know, we don't we don't know what that meant. <clears throat> we might know what that what that means. TPS house, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Slash no. tires a little bit, got a little pissy. No, oh. no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, Bradley and Hernandez texted back and forth hundreds of messages for weeks, many containing threats. One of Bradley's texts to Hernandez said, since you tried to end me, I will end you if you don't do what you got to do. When Hernandez realized that Bradley hadn't died, he installed a whole surveillance system in his home. So that was the reason behind that. Mm. He also bought a used Toyota equipped with two 22 caliber handguns for $15,000. And if that wasn't enough to keep him safe from Bradley, he also purchased an armed Chevy Suburban for $110,000. An armed? Armed, like an armored car. Armored vehicle, yes. Maybe just live your life different, friend. Like, these are avoidable costs. Yes, but... Instead, we'll just put on the defense and I'll be all safe and good. Yeah. All right. And also the offense. So Wallace, uh, who Hernandez hired to be his bodyguard and Ortiz, were invited over more and he gave them guns and they were instructed to use to defend him if and when the time came. Jesus. Hernandez also reached out to his agent, Brian Murphy, and told him that Bradley was threatening his life and blackmailing him for money. Murphy tried to contact Bradley's attorney to get the matter settled just between them Mm -hmm. but the plan failed he believed hernandez was telling the truth but he never went to the authorities regarding hernandez's safety concerns hernandez then went to bell uh, belichick and asked if he could be traded to a different team but belichick was like hell no (laughs) he yeah he was gonna let go of his star player what are you talking about um but the organization could help him on uh, finding an apartment or a different secure location he could stay at if yeah. he really didn't feel safe in his home. Mm-hmm. In April, Kevin Anderson, director of player development for the Patriots, reached out to a real estate broker that found Hernandez an apartment he could rent. Hernandez settled for a two-bedroom, $1,200 a month apartment. According to uh, the Guardian, of all of the apartments Hernandez was shown, it was apparently the one with the least security. And this was the uh, apartment where his teammates had seen him dropping off guns and he was doing drugs in there. So it oh. kind of became an area where he could go away from home and do yeah, all that. It's his lead it there. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So kind of less about security now, but kind of sort of hmm, not good. Not okay. Good. Hernandez around this time had also been acting out more violently. Around this time, he was scheduled to undergo shoulder surgery in California, and he rented a townhouse where he would stay with his family while he recovered. The day before the surgery, California police responded to a domestic disturbance call. An intoxicated Hernandez had punched a hole in a wall after getting into an argument with Cheyenne. Police determined that Cheyenne and their daughter were safe and no charges were pressed. Six days later, another domestic disturbance incident occurred, but the police responded the exact same way. Family was safe. No. Charges are pressed. Okay. Mm. 
Suffolk County indicted Hernandez for two charges of first-degree murder for the deaths of Daniel De Abreu and Safiro Furtado while he was awaiting trial in Lloyd's case. So their trial, this one didn't begin until March 1st, 2017. The Suffolk County grand jury argued Hernandez had shot the men multiple times with a 38 caliber revolver because he blamed them for spilling a drink on him at the nightclub. The audacity. I was going to say earlier, I'm like, for that, and then also $12, like, this guy's, Early, yes. like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yes. Loose cannon. Whew. For the first week of the trial, only Cheyenne showed up to support Hernandez. In comparison, the families of the victims filled up several rows in the courtroom. Yeah, good. Yeah. As it sh- should be. Yes. Yeah. Jose Baez took Hernandez's case, and um, he has represented other high-profile defendants, such as Casey Anthony. So he's worked on some... Yes. <clears throat> One day we'll cover cases. Casey. Yes. Hernandez had told Baez he wanted to appeal his murder conviction, but Baez said it wouldn't make a difference if he lost this trial. There was no reason to do that. Baez's goal was to cross-examine Alexander Bradley, who he believed was the real perpetrator behind Dea Bray's and Bertado's murders. Baez argued that an hour had passed after, like, the spilled drink incident and that it would have made more sense for the murders to happen soon after that had happened. A witness who had taken a picture with Hernandez at the club that night took the stand and told the court that Hernandez hadn't been angry and appeared fine all night. The prosecution... It was just kind of flimsy, so they brought, like, a tattoo artist on the stand who said that shortly after the murders, he gave Hernandez a tattoo of a uh, revolver along with a shell casing, and then a tattoo showed, like, the back of a revolver with five out of six bullets remaining. He then was asked to tattoo God Forgives backwards on his sleeve. So basically, they're just showing these tattoos, saying that he got them out of guilt after doing these murders and after committing these murders. Interesting. Yes. So I think you can kind of tell this wasn't a clear cut or very solid uh, trial compared to the other one. Um, And suspicions really turned on Bradley more than Hernandez based off of his conflicting testimony and conflicting messages he had sent Hernandez. Whoa. Yes. Baez also believed that Hernandez hadn't been the one to shoot Bradley in Florida and that Bradley had actually been shot during a drug deal gone wrong. And he had just said it was Hernandez. Mm. A little bit of victim shaming, I would say, but okay. Well, he's also not a good guy. So, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. This one's just really interesting to me because it isn't clear cut. So, honestly, didn't Hernandez do it? I do not know. I can't. a bit seedy? Yes. Gotcha. It, It could really be either way, honestly, in this case, between who did it. But since Bradley you know, was telling his story and I think he couldn't be charged for it anyway because he was giving all this information. No one was charged. So in the end, Hernandez was acquitted. He was given like five more years on a weapons charge though. But yeah, no one was arrested for these murders. Cool. Love that. (laughs) Love it. And at this point, I feel like one of those commercials, like, but wait, there's more. (laughs) Yeah. Saving, saving, It never, yeah. (laughs) The story never ends. For just an additional (laughs) $2.95, we will be able to hear the rest of this episode. Yes. Pay now. Oh, my God. Like when the operator comes on, you need however many reporters (laughs) or whatever. Uh, So, yes, there is more. On April 19th, 2017, Officer Gerard uh, Bro passed by Hernandez's cell around 3 in the morning when he noticed that a sheet had been placed over his cell door. 
When he tugged the sheet loose, he saw Hernandez's body hanging from the bars of his window. John 316 was written across his forehead in blood, a Bible laid open on his desk, and red writing was scrawled on his cell walls. Apparently, a guard thought Hernandez might be faking it, so he tied Hernandez's wrists together before taking his body down. At 4.07, 27-year-old Aaron Hernandez was declared dead at the hospital after medical personnel were unable to resuscitate him. Hernandez had spoken to Cheyenne just a few hours earlier, and she said she hadn't noticed anything off about Hernandez during the call. A guard on duty the evening before, who in making rounds is, uh, you know, supposed to like flash her lights into the cells and yeah. check in on the inmates every hour, was shown not to have done that on gathered prison surveillance footage. An informant told uh, the Globe that Hernandez would smoke a K2, a stronger, more hallucinogenic form of weed with other inmates. This drug could cause users to become more impulsive, and he had allegedly smoked the substance with an inmate before he died. His blood was tested, but the toxicology screen came back negative. And apparently K2 is hard to actually detect in the body since there are apparently several different chemicals it contains. Okay. So, yeah, I guess there's not just, like, one thing that, mm-hmm. like, we'll say, oh, it's K2. There's just a whole bunch of How different stuff in it. in prison? Am I, like, am I... They get all kinds of stuff in prison. They do, okay. yeah. Like, whoa. Like, they are yeah. masterminds of the smuggling nature. Yeesh, oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes so, guards will bring it in and yeah. have inmates sell it for them, so... That's true. Yeah. So I'm sure... It got in by one of those means. Not in a good way. Yeah. So Hernandez left behind a letter to Cheyenne, his four-year-old daughter, and his lawyer. In his letter to Cheyenne, he told her she was now going to be rich. In the state of Massachusetts, they had an abatement law, which meant that if you die while your case is under appeal, the conviction would be erased from the record since you can't participate in the appeal. Since Hernandez had appealed this case before his death, the murder charges against him were ultimately dismissed. So he's not a dummy at all. He had heard this from somewhere. He's psycho. Oh my god, what a fucking evil person. Yes. So now he gets to go, pop up. He's like, I've, oh, I've been forgiven. Well, fuck you. I mean, you weren't forgiven, but your kid is taken care of, so that's... Oh my god. Oh god, Aaron, please don't tell well, me. Your face no, does not look bright. No, well... Ursula, so Odin Lloyd's mother, was not okay with this decision, stating, quote, in our book, he's guilty and he's going to always be guilty, end yeah. quote. She devoted her efforts to changing the law, and on March 13th, 2019, she was successful. Yes. On this day, the Supreme Court determined that the abatement law was outdated and the conviction against Aaron Hernandez was reinstated. So, cool. Yeah. I mean, Good. it seems legit. I don't know how else. You don't get off the, no. Yeah. Mm-mm. You don't That just seems like such a silly law anyway. How does that, I don't know. Yeah, that's Like, you were already found guilty. Like, that's just an You're kind appeal. of encouraging death. I don't know. I can see how it would be outdated is a good word. Because yes. if you think about times before we had more concrete ways, like fingerprinting and DNA, like, I can see how maybe. Yes. It would be easier to just convict someone without concrete evidence whereas anymore it's like no it's pretty yeah this one's pretty obvious you did it bud yeah so Mm -hmm. thankfully that got changed theories surrounding why hernandez killed odin lloyd circulated throughout the media one big theory was whether his sexuality was a motive there were whisperings going around that hernandez was gay dennis sansauchi hernandez's high school classmate and teammate said they had some sexual relations during their school age years Hmm. in the oh yeah this is a big theory um 
In the Netflix docuseries, Sanchi said in his interview, uh, quote, I was a small piece of Aaron's sexual activity, end quote. And he said they were in an on and off relationship during junior year of high school. Hernandez had to keep his sexuality a secret, though, because his father was extremely homophobic and he belittled his sons if he thought they were doing anything in a feminine way. Shocking. So during, like I was reading those articles, um, Hernandez had some cousins that were cheerleaders and he had kind of expressed interest in like, hey, cheerleading. I That sounds fun. I want to do it. And Dennis shut that down real quick. Mm-hmm. I bet And, I mean, if Dennis thought his sons were even standing in a feminine way, he would call them a fag, um, which was a word DJ says Dennis called them often. DJ also said in an interview that Hernandez was sexually abused by a teenage boy when he was a child, but Hernandez um, had never named the perpetrator. So. That's sad. Yes. Yes. Uh, Cheyenne doesn't believe her fiance was gay, even after Hernandez's lawyer warned her at the Boston double murder trial that there was a possibility his sexuality may be brought up in court, but it never did. Thankfully, it never did. It didn't. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't have anything really to do with it. No. It was. Yeah. The crime was committed. Like, yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the sexuality is. Yeah. Hernandez's sexuality was also discussed on the Kirk and Callahan sports radio show where they threw around rumors um, about that and that he had like a lover in prison, all this stuff. And in April 2017, so the same month Hernandez committed suicide, reporter Michelle McPhee basically outed him and she alleged that Lloyd had been murdered because he had got her, uh, caught Hernandez in a compromising position. However, there's no evidence to suggest that this is true. Hmm. Okay. Yes. Other theories uh, that the... Blah, blah, blah. Others theorize that the multiple injuries Hernandez had sustained during his football career may have been the cause of his violent tendencies and what led him to murdering Odin Lloyd. Mm -hmm. He began playing tackle football at the age of eight, like I had mentioned, and um, throughout his career, he only had two documented concussions. Uh, So his one- still too, too many. Yes. So he had his one during high school and then the other in an NFL playoff game. The Patriots, uh, so for that one, the Patriots reported Hernandez's concussion as minor, and he was back practicing within a few days. Okay. So after his death, Hernandez's family donated his brain to a study that was being conducted by Dr. Ann McKee, who heads Boston University's CTE Center. So CTE, or chronic traumatic encephalopathy, is a disorder caused by repeated blows to the head. While it can only be diagnosed after death, Symptoms of those suffering from CTE include impulsivity, rash decision-making, propensity for violence, short-term memory loss, disorientation, headaches, and mood swings. Hmm. Dr. McKee has studied more than 330 football players' brains for her CTE research, several of them belonging to NFL players who have committed suicide and were later diagnosed with CTE. It is Wild. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yes. It is staggering that since 2005, out of 20 NFL players that have committed suicide, 16 of them were later diagnosed with CTE, and the two that like weren't diagnosed, family members have commented saying that they presented with symptoms of CTE when they were alive. It's even more shocking to me that the NFL didn't acknowledge CTEs in football players until March 2016, even though the first football player diagnosed with it was in 2002. I'm not that shocked, but well, wow, it's yeah. You would, yeah, you would think, but yeah. I mean, shit, I've had two concussions, so maybe it all makes sense. <laughs> I, that's why I am the way I am. 
Maybe I got it. Maybe I should donate my brain to science. You know me, I'm very violent. <laughs> All the time. Very yes. very impulsive, too. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm like, um, we're, what are we doing today? No. Like, like let's yeah. plan ahead for... Yeah. No. Uh-uh. I'd be hard-pressed to think he's only had two. And just... Well, even if they weren't concussions, he's been hit around the yeah. head quite a bit. Yeah, fight and also beat by your dad. I'd say abuse. Abuse. Yeah, Yeah, just football games, everything. Uh, Dr. McKee had never seen anything like what she found in Hernandez's brain. What? She, yes, it was wild. She discovered an advanced form of CTE in his frontal lobes. And out of four stages, his CTE was stage three. Parts of Hernandez's brain had even accumulated a protein that is commonly found in Alzheimer's patients. Whoa. Yes. Okay. Dr. McKee said of her findings, quote, this would be the first case we've seen in such a young individual, end quote. And at that point, she hadn't seen that much brain damage in anyone under the age of 46. And he's 23. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Or whatever. Shit. Wow. Wowie. Wowie. Yes. Uh, She believed his CTE had begun progressing over a decade earlier, which seems likely since Hernandez had complained about headaches and memory loss in the past. While Hernandez clearly had symptoms of CTE, like, I'm not going to argue against that. Mm -hmm. uh, Some people do, however, argue that the CTE can't take all the blame. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Only Hernandez and one other football player, linebacker Jovan Belcher, who murdered his girlfriend before turning the gun on himself, are the only football players diagnosed with CTE that have murdered other people. Uh, okay. Yes. So just because you have... CTE doesn't mean you're make you a murderer. A murderer. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I get yes. that. Like, obviously, I'm... Like, it affects you in terrible ways, but yeah, yeah it doesn't... It's kind of like the Venn diagram from your case, Sarah, two weeks ago, where, like, <laughs> just, just because you have... CTE doesn't make you a murderer, and just because you're a murderer doesn't mean you have ETC. They do not always overlap, but there yeah. could be a, the Venn diagram in the middle of you could be both. Yeah. Okay, so fair enough. That's right. this case. Yeah, it's just been Hernandez and this one other incident, uh, this one other football player. But yeah, you can't say that that's like there's no that was leading him yeah. to his violent tendencies anyway, because it seems like that was already kind of with it at, at such a young in, age yeah, yes they could have aided him in some decisions but necessarily not all yes okay. Cheyenne and her daughter sued the nfl claiming that the organization failed to protect hernandez from sustaining several concussions as far as i know nothing has come from the lawsuit yeah that one's pretty hard to win yeah yeah Good so luck. i don't even know if it's still pending or if it's just been dropped uh but hernandez's motives for killing odin lloyd are still speculated to this day and that is the story of Aaron Hernandez and the murder of Odin Lloyd. Aaron Hernan- Hernandez. Why did I almost <laughs> just say it again? Why? You do not want to say this Aaron's man's yes. name. Nope, I'm done. Aaron. Wow. Aaron covered Aaron. Yes. yes. What a wild story. That's- I told you it took me so long to research it because I was like, oh my God, it never ends. Yeah. Things keep popping uh, up with him. Wow. He is... Yeah, wow. We, I was college, I was under that college rock. Yes. Because I don't know none of it. None of it. No. Yeah. Apparently, I didn't even know his name. Shit. I (laughs) I just knew Aaron Rodgers. No. Sorry again. I'm so sorry. Aaron Rodgers, if you're listening, hey. (laughs) Sorry. I'm really sorry. Like, woo. Okay. Yeah. I had only heard about like murder 
and that he killed himself. That's about it. Yeah. I was like, everything in between, no idea. Wow. He was so young. Very young. That's a didn't lot look of life. young, but yeah, very, very young. Okay, I have a really weird thing then. Okay. When you said that they found his body, he had a scripture written on his head. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you referenced the same scripture. John 316. Mm, I'll talk it up. I'll talk maybe, it up. Maybe. Oh, you did. I don't know. Maybe it was just 316, yeah. but those numbers, I was like. Well, yeah. <sighs> two weeks ago, Sarah, when you had mentioned, like, your football player, too, I was like, here we go. The little connections. Yeah. <laughs> you were a star football player, star football player, turned <laughs> Yes. I did mention this one. Yes. I think this is the same one that Tebow would put on his arm yes, and stuff. This it is. is one that's, of the most widely. Or like his cheek or something. So yeah, that's, it was something. Te- yeah. Tebow's very, yeah, religious. So. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. John 316. For God gave. Cute, cute, cute. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Let's go back in time. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Okay. Yes. The begotten son. That's... Begotten son. Mm-hmm. Wow. Aaron, that was... Yes. My next story will be a lot shorter, but I was like... Oh, I no. Can't. Yes. No. <laughs> this is the format to do these ladies. I know. Yes. Yeah. So hopefully everyone enjoyed the deep dive. But yeah. Yeah. This was definitely one that I was like, well, I can't... Like, thankfully I had the time to do it or else I feel like I would have had to, like, yeah. take chunks out. Yeah. That would have been important to the story to get the whole, you yeah. know... Yeah. yeah whole thing i don't know 100%. it's crazy that's the whole purpose of these of this new format we yes have time yes to do the deep dives and hopefully you guys are liking this format yeah um if you are let us know if you're not too bad so you can let us know but like kindly yeah kindly 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 yeah. we will accept constructive criticism yes yes but also Correct. like nice things as well if you want to say something good and say yeah. we yeah yeah, I personally do like it. I love diving deep, getting all the details. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's up to you as well. So if you have an opinion, let us know. Yep. You can let us know on our email at SinisterSunrisePodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out our Instagram page. Same name. Uh, <laughs> Sinister Sunrise Podcast. Guessed it. Uh, Facebook, yes. TikTok. Um, all the good stuff. Yeah. 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 So guys for episode 94 yeah we want some more we'll be back next week and stay sinister bye bye